What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the career of actress Nicole Kidman and the movie The Nest. But first, let's talk about the career of actress Nicole Kidman. Kidman began her career in Australia, and her first big Hollywood film was Tony Scott's Days of Thunder with Tom Cruise and Robert Duvall. That a lot of people think the biggest issue with that movie is it's a lesser version of Top Gun because it has Tony Gilroy as director, it has Tom Cruise playing a similar role that he does in Top Gun. But what I find really interesting about Days of Thunder is that John C. Riley is in this movie. What's interesting about that is John C. Riley is also in Talladega Nights, another movie about NASCAR racers. I mean, Kidman was known for that movie and for being married to Tom Cruise, but I think the year that she became a movie star happened in 1995 because of two pivotal roles. First, she was in Batman Forever with Val Kilmer, Jim Carrey, and Tommy Lee Jones, a big studio movie where she played a pivotal role in the movie, and in Gus Van Sant's To Die For with Joaquin Phoenix, Matt Dillon, and Casey Affleck. If there were ever a year where you could look back on and say that was the year that Nicole Kidman became famous, I would say it's 1995. I really enjoy both of those movies. I'm a big fan of Batman Forever. I think Jim Carrey is incredible in that movie. I think Nicole Kidman has some really good scenes in that movie, and I think she's really going for it. I'll also say this. Val Kilmer is a really underrated Batman. He's really good. I would have much rather him return for a sequel than to see, say, George Clooney play Batman. I wanted more movies with Val Kilmer as Batman. And I look at To Die For fondly because free movie stars came away from that movie. Nicole Kidman, I looked at her as a movie star after I saw this movie. Joaquin Phoenix, this is the first big Joaquin Phoenix movie. And Casey Affleck, who I have stated in previous podcasts, is one of my favorite actors. So free of the, like, what, top 20 movie stars working today came from the movie To Die For. So yes, I think it's an absolute masterpiece. And Gus Van Sant is one of the best directors of all time. The man directed Goodwill Hunting for crying out loud. And since that year that Nicole Kidman became a movie star, she's worked with some of the best directors, auteur filmmakers. First, you have Eyewide Shut with Stanley Kubrick, Moulin Rouge with Baz Luhrmann, The Hours with Stephen Daldry, for which she won the Oscar for Best Actress, Cold Mountain with Andy Magella, and Margot at the Wedding with Noah Baumbach, which I think is her most underrated performance. This movie came out and nobody likes it, even though it has the best Jack Black performance of his career, and Nicole Kidman gives one of her best lead performances in this movie. Noah Baumbach is one of my two favorite filmmakers. I would go Christopher Nolan and I would go Noah Baumbach. Those are my two favorite directors. I absolutely love this movie. No, it's not his best movie, but it is his most underrated film, and Nicole Kidman is perfect in this movie. For some reason, people seem to have issues with women who play complicated characters. That's what Nicole Kidman did at that movie, and not everyone likes it when they see a movie where the lead character is not likable, but that's the whole point of that movie. I remember a few years ago when Carrie Mulligan was in Wildlife, and a bunch of people said that she was playing an unlikable person, and like there's something wrong with that. No, she was playing a human 
human being. And that's what Nicole Kidman did in Margot at the Wedding. And Kidman's career is not without some massive misfires. I mean, some of the movies she's been in have been critically panned. The ones that I remember are The Stepford Wives, which is a movie which is terrible. Bewitched with Will Ferrell. I mean, that was supposed to be a big thing. Steve Carell showed up in that movie. That movie did not work at all. I remember being young and not liking that movie at all. Knowing that it didn't work out and knowing that it was supposed to work out. That movie did not pay off for Nicole Kidman or anyone in that movie. You also have Nine and more recently The Goldfinch. I remember being excited for the Goldfinch, Ansel Elgort, and Nicole Kidman in a movie together. Sign me up for that. Then the movie came out. It got panned, and I haven't even seen the Goldfinch. The one thing I know about the Goldfinch is it's probably not a very good film. Overall, though, the list of films that Kidman has been a part of is super impressive to me. First off, you have Rabbit Hole with Miles Teller and Aaron Eckhart. I absolutely love the movie Rabbit Hole. I definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it. It's Miles Teller's first movie and there's a scene where they're talking on a bench. It is one of the best scenes in movies history. I feel like that movie is super underrated. You also have Lion with Dev Patel and Rooney Mara. I absolutely loved Lion. A lot of people forget Lion. I get it. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but I think it's a really good film. Then you have The Beguiled with Kirsten Dunst, Al Fanning and Colin Farrell. The Killing of a Sacred Deer again with Colin Farrell. Boy Erase with Lucas Hedges, Russell Crowe, and Joe Edgerton, and Bombshell with Charlie Theron and Margot Robbie. I think an interesting thing about Nicole Kidman is she's playing more of these motherly roles, like in the Lucas Hedges film Boy Erased, but she's playing it in an interesting way because she's a tremendous actor. Yes, there are some people, if you give them the mom role, they're going to do it in a really bland, boring way, but Nicole Kidman is super interesting, so when you watch Lion where she's playing the mom or you watch Boy Erase where she's playing a mom, she's doing it in a unique way. She's actually playing a character instead of a stereotypical mom which I think is fascinating because we do say this all the time. Women age into those mom roles and then they become boring. Guess what? Nicole Kidman has kind of done the opposite. I find her super interesting in movies like Lion and Boy Erase because she's picking interesting movies and playing moms in a not-so-typical way. I also have to mention in the last few years, she's kind of dominated television with two miniseries, Big Little Lies with Reese Witherspoon, Laura Dern, Zoe Kravitz, and Shailene Woodley, and The Undoing with Hugh Grant, which I think was one of the best shows of 2020. It came at the perfect time when we were all at home. It was suspenseful. She was really good in it. Hugh Grant was terrific in it. Noah Jupe was splendid in it. I loved Don Sutherland in that show. I really like that show and I really thought Nicole Kidman played this character in a unique way like I'd never seen before. I was blown away by The Undoing. It's right up there with me with The Queen's Gambit of my favorite shows of 2020 along with The Great. I loved The Undoing. The best performance of Kidman's career is in the film To Die For. She's horrifying in this film and is scary good. I would rather her have an 
Oscar for this than for the film The Hours, a movie where she doesn't even give the best performance in. Julianne Moore does, by the way. To Die For is the most Nicole Kidman film, and she gets lost in a terrific character and shows how scary people's lust for fame can be. The performance and the film were way ahead of its time. Her performance in that movie is right up there with Robin Williams' performance in Goodwill Hunting in my favorite performances in a Gus Van Sant film. I mean, she's incredible in that movie. If you have not seen To Die For, I highly, highly recommend it. It is by far the best performance Nicole Kidman has given in her career. And that's saying a lot because like I've said throughout this podcast, her career is super impressive. She's been on two hit miniseries. She's been on so many award-worthy films. But if I had to rank one of them ahead of the rest, I would put To Die For at the very top. It is the best film Nicole Kidman has been in, and it is the film where she gives her absolute best performance. Upcoming projects for Kidman include the movies The Northman with Anya Taylor-Joy and Ethan Hawke, directed by Robert Eggers, and Being the Ricardos, Aaron Sorkin's film about Lucille Ball with Javier Bardem, and the Hulu miniseries Nine Perfect Strangers with Melissa McCarthy, Michael Shannon, Tiffany Haddish, and Luke Evans. I cannot wait for The Northman. Robert Eggers is one of my favorite directors. He, of course, directed The Witch, which starred Anya Taylor-Joy, The Lighthouse, which starred Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, and now The Northman, which is going to star Ethan Hawke and Nicole Kidman, who will finally be in a movie together. If that's not enough to get you to see The Northman, I don't know what is. And then you have Being the Ricardos, Aaron Sorkin's third film, which he will be directing. I mean, he's coming off a huge success with The Trial of the Chicago 7. I don't know that much about Lucille Ball. I've seen some episodes of I Love Lucy, but I definitely want to see this movie. Nicole Kidman with Javier Bardem. I believe J.K. Simmons is also part of that cast. Sign me up for those two films immediately. Here's a list of Nicole Kidman performances I highly recommend you check out. Batman Forever, To Die For, Margot at the Wedding, Rabbit Hole, Lion, The Beguiled, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, Boy Erase, Bombshell, and The Undoing. Watch these performances and admire the work of Nicole Kidman, someone who is one of the best actresses of all time. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie The Nest. Here's a quick synopsis. Rory and Allison are a married couple who moved to England for a business opportunity for Rory, and at first things seem perfect, but quickly Allison and her children become very unhappy. This is one of these films that I've heard so much about this year that I hadn't got the opportunity to see. And then when I finally saw it, I was like, that's why everyone likes this movie. Jude Law and Carrie Coon are terrific in this movie. First off, Jude Law is a favorite of mine. I loved him in The Talented Mr. Ripley with Matt Damon and Gwyneth Paltrow. I loved him in The Road to Perdition with Tom Hanks and Paul Newman. And in Closer with Natalie Portman, Julia Roberts, and Clive Owen. 
Owen. In this film, he is playing a morally complicated character that cares more about his status in society than his family's well-being. He's really good at playing these characters who at first you don't know are kind of a creep, like in Box Lux, where he plays Natalie Portman's character's manager. In that movie, you had no idea if he was a good guy or a creeper, and he ended up being a creeper, kind of like he does in this. Like, Jude Law is super good at being kind of a creepy dude, but you don't know he's creepy, and I think he's kind of using that Jude Law charm against the audience, and I'm here for it. And the other fascinating thing about Jude Law is that while he appears in small indie films like this, recently Law has also starred in some massive blockbusters, the Sherlock Holmes films with Robert Downey Jr., King Arthur, Legend of the Sword with Charlie Hunnam, Captain Marvel with Brie Larson, Fantastic Beast, The Crime of Grindelwald with Eddie Redmayne and Ezra Miller, and upcoming films for Law include David Lowry's Peter Pan and Wendy, where he will play Captain Hook, and the third Fantastic Beast film with Redmayne and Mads Mikkelsen taking over for Johnny Depp. Like, I don't understand why Jude Law has become Mr. Blockbuster. There's a part of me that really likes it. Like, I really liked him as Dumbledore. I kind of liked him in the Captain Marvel movie, a movie that I didn't really care for, but I keep thinking, why is Jude Law in these movies? I understand why he wants to do Peter Pan. David Lowry is one of the best filmmakers on planet Earth. What he did with Pete's Dragon with... Robert Redford is incredible. That movie doesn't deserve to be very good. So I think Peter Pan will be great. I'm just wondering why Jude Law is doing all of these other studio films. It's kind of where we are as a society that some of our best actors feel the need to be in these massive blockbusters. I mean, think about the fact that Willem Dafoe is in Aquaman. There's no reason for that. Nicole Kidman, who I just spoke about, is in the movie Aquaman. I have never seen the movie Aquaman. Aquaman, nor do I care about it. But these great actors feel the need to be in these movies, and that's what I think is happening with Jude Law, even if I do like some of these movies, particularly King Arthur and The Legend of the Sword, I think is underrated. But I also think maybe Jude Law could be making a better movie in this period of time. Maybe more movies like The Road to Perdition and Closer, and less movies like The Crime of Grindelwald. Like, I get why he He's being Dumbledore. He wants to be super well-known. He wants to be a movie star, but I would rather him be pursuing being a great actor, which is something I think he's doing in The Nest. Like I mentioned, Carrie Coon is also in this movie, and she might be the best actress who is not a household name. She's been in movies like Gone Girl, The Post, and Widows, and the TV show The Leftovers. In this film, she gives her first lead role and delivers what I would deem an Oscar-worthy performance performance. She kind of reminds me of Kate Blanchett when I watch her in that same way where I don't understand how good you are, yet I also feel both of them are an intimidating presence on screen. When you're watching a Kate Blanchett movie like Carol or The Aviator, you're kind of terrified. And watching The Nest, I kind of find Carrie Coon terrifying, and I mean that in the best way possible. You pay attention to her because she is a powerful presence. Coon 
Dune's next film is Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters Afterlife with Finn Wolfhard and Paul Rudd, which, if successful, could turn Carrie Coon into a movie star. I mean, think about what Ghostbusters did for Bill Murray. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Carrie Coon, but if it does happen, it would probably be the best thing to come out of Ghostbusters because more people need to know the name Carrie Coon. This film, The Nest, she gives an Oscar-worthy performance, and so does Jude Law. Like, this movie feels super underappreciated this year, and I get it. It's a weird movie. The director of this film, Sean Durkin, has proven he can get terrific lead performances from actresses, first with Elizabeth Olsen and Martha Marcy Marlene, and now with Carrie Coon in The Nest. I mean, he has gotten two of the best breakout performances of recent years. I mean, Carrie Coon has done more acting than Elizabeth Olsen did by the time of Martha Marcy Marlene, but these movies are really introducing these stars to a wider audience. Elizabeth Olsen went on to do films like Godzilla and the Avengers films. Maybe Carrie Coon is on to bigger and better things. I mean, she already showed up in Avengers Infinity War in a laughable supporting role, but I think Ghostbusters Afterlife, if successful, could turn Carrie Coon into a massive, massive movie star, which she is worthy of being. I will not be surprised if in the next five years, Carrie Coon is nominated or wins numerous Oscar awards. With a title like The Nest, you might think this is a horror film. It's not. The scary thing about this film is that both of these characters have different ideas and expectations about what a marriage is, and that might be the scariest thing of all. Allison, Carrie Coon's character, lets Rory, Jude Law's character, dictate her entire life without really a great explanation. I mean, it's all about going for his status and making his life seem like it's amazing, but the guy does not care about the well-being of his family. He is after fame and fortune. He is not after a normal family life, yet Allison wants to be in the loop. There's a conversation in this movie between Allison and one of Rory's bosses where they talk about expectations for marriages and why marriage is crazy because people have different expectations. That's what a marriage really is about. Rory thinks of a marriage as a certain way to make himself look good as a human being. Allison looks at marriage like most people do, a commitment to one another. That's the crazy thing about marriage is that people have different ideas about it going into it and even when they're in it for so long. I mean, when we watch this movie, they've already been married for quite a long time, yet they have no idea what the other one wants. The movie that the Ness reminded me of is Paul Thomas Anderson's Phantom Bread with Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean, that movie had similar tones about being in a relationship dictated by a man who is after success. Now, the Daniel Day-Lewis character is way more successful than Jude Law's Rory, but still, they're the same bolt of kind of control freaks, kind of after something that they can't really explain to their significant other. I found both movies to be really scary. Again, this really does feel like a Paul Thomas Anderson film, and I mean that in the highest compliment because nobody makes movies like Paul Thomas Anderson. That's why he's Paul Thomas Anderson. He's out there making boogie nights while the rest of the world is out there making popcorn films, and Sean Durkin really got to something as close as I've ever seen to to so 
someone else's version of a Paul Thomas Anderson film. And Carrie Coon and Jude Law, like I said, deliver Oscar-worthy performances. And this is a type of movie where the performances are everything. It's not about the plot. There's not some crazy plot twist. It's not some crazy ending. You can kind of see where it's going. That's fine because the look of the movie is fantastic. Both characters are going through something that we can all relate to. I mean, the Rory character is really going through that thought that he is not successful as a human being and he's trying to do everything in his power to be successful. There's that scene where Carrie Coon's character Allison is afraid to give him money and you can see the anger in his face. I thought that was a powerful scene in this movie and the Allison character is going through the thought that her marriage is terrible and both characters are kind of right on both fronts. Rory is not a successful businessman as he pretends to be and Allison is kind of in a hopeless marriage that she will probably remain in. I think this movie is superb and I definitely recommend you check out The Nest. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes and this week I put the spotlight on the career of actress Nicole Kidman in the movie The Nest. Next week I'm putting the spotlight on the movies The Personal History of David Copperfield starring Dev Patel, Hugh Laurie, and Tilda Swinton, and Without Remorse starring Michael B. Jordan. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe.